Welcome to Plant Stories. The modern, the old, and the crazy in between. The oldest historical evidence of winemaking, going back around 6,000 years, is found in the region of Armenia. Local legends say that the distillation of wine into brandy started here in the 12th century, making it possibly multiple centuries older than France and Spain. For a while, their brandy was even labeled officially as cognac, a title they won in an international blind taste test speeding out the French cognac. The brand that I am familiar with is called Ararat, and I'm enjoying a glass right now. That brings us into today's episode. Brandy! Everybody's got one, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. Gotta boast your local fave. It's true, and uh, obviously uh, there's a lot of types of brandy that are made from wine, and we're going to get into wine more specifically in our wine episode, but I wanted to keep it kind of on the shorter side today. I know we've done some longer episodes for you guys already, and believe me, it's no problem for me to ramble on about random things that I know all day, but... (laughs) We're going to keep this one relatively short for you and kind of focus on brandy itself in general. So the definition of brandy is just simply an alcoholic beverage distilled from wine or fermented fruit juice. So like really it's almost very similar and kind of came about in a similar way to whiskey, uh, except this is kind of like everything else other than whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like if it's not made yeah if it's not made with the products made from whiskey then it's probably brandy and you know pretty much anything that can be fermented and distilled can technically be considered a brandy so that's like honey blackberries straight up sugar cane corn potatoes like you can technically make a brandy out of a lot of these things grapes slash actual wine is probably the most popular and well-known type of brandy. Um, Right now I'm drinking coffee brandy, which I'm pretty sure is just coffee mixed with brandy, but I'll tell you, it's quite tasty. (laughs) It's pretty pretty tasty, and um, you probably shouldn't drink it straight like I'm doing, but I love coffee, so this is not a problem for me. Sip, sip, sip. (laughs) Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the ASMR of the slight slight glass ice sounds. Ah, yes. But the name brandy, uh, it comes from the Dutch term brandewijn. Did I say that correctly? Did it it feel Dutch to you? Yeah, I think that's right. (laughs) Brandewijn, which just means burnt wine, probably mostly referring to the heating part of the distillation process. And typically brandy is made through a double distilling process and contains about 50% alcohol by volume on average. Um, But it's not like, you know, whiskey where it's like heavily regulated how much alcohol is in it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're making brandy with wine, it actually takes about nine gallons of wine to make one gallon of brandy. So. Which should show you how intense the flavor is packed. Yeah, it, it's really jammed in there. Um, 
many countries have different types of brandy, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, either made from a specific fruit combination or made specifically from local wines. Probably the most popular brandy is cognac, although there are other popular varieties, including like uh, Pisco and uh, Armagnac, which are, and there are also fortified wines, which are sherry and port and they include brandy but they're not they're like more than just brandy so we know that commercial distillation is believed to have begun in the 16th century there are also texts from the 13th century that describe a similar kind of like strong wine concoction made in italy and spain but we also know that distilling had still been around before this time anyway. So the exact dates of when people started making a brandy-like substance are a little bit murky to say the least. Mm -hmm. But the actual kind of believed invention of brandy is that there was a Dutch harbor master who was distilling wine to concentrate it for shipment and you know it ended up sitting in the barrel because you know it was shipped and then it sat around at the dock and it ended up being this like really rich flavorful drink that people enjoyed on its own and so it kind of became its own tradition they think some other theorized reasons for this trade within itself beginning has to do with the fact that a lot of things were taxed based off of weight. And so if you could concentrate the wine um, and keep it, you know, in a smaller number of barrels or just less weight, I mean, typically number of barrels or actual weight were the ways that things were taxed. So you would make more money by essentially concentrating it and then diluting it with distilled water when it got to its port destination. But it kind of just ended up being that in the hubbub that was trading ports, some of them ended up kind of like aging in the barrel and not getting put in, uh, you know, with the other wine that would have been watered down. And so it kind of became its own thing. Once again, taxes heavily influencing alcohol <laughs> history. Yeah, taxes and politics, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, selling wine in this format also gave an advantage to areas where their regular wine may have been kind of considered mediocre in comparison to other famous wines of the day. So that was really the case with cognac was that actual wine from that area wasn't considered bad, like it wasn't terrible wine, uh, but it wasn't of the same you know taste palette that some of the other wines were and their white wines were considered kind of on the more like bland side compared to some of the other places and so when you know this new distillation process was discovered they kind of took advantage of it and started marketing themselves as more brandy makers instead of wine makers but wine is still produced in that area and uh Another positive of brandy that kind of became, you know, really good for vineyards, especially, was that 
the vineyard waste could actually be used for fermentation in order to make brandy. So you could make brandy from the grape mash that you used for your wine. Anything you had left over, you just threw in to ferment and then distilled a bunch and you got a brandy. So it was like double win. Mm-hmm. Extra money. Your crock. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, you know, just to like touch on, you know, port and sherry, it was really kind of while brandies themselves were coming into popularity around Europe that the Spanish and the Portuguese noticed that the British really enjoyed sweet wines that were fortified with brandy, which led to these other beverages. Sherry is Spanish white wine that is mixed with brandy after the fermentation process has completed. So it's like wine and brandy just like regularly mixed together. The name Sherry is thought to possibly be a corruption of the Spanish name Jerez. Uh, And it's said to be, quote, biologically aged because the yeast changes the flavor over time. And they use what's called the Solera system for aging. So this system involves moving the mixture to multiple barrels as it ages. And basically what they do is they have like a stack of barrels and they put the new wine in at the top. And then as they put the new wine in at the top, the old wine funnels down to the bottom and they take out the oldest wine. And that's what gets sold. Um, And it's that process that's kind of special to sherry. Uh, Port is a Portuguese wine that's fortified with grape spirit before the fermentation process is finished. And it tends to be like a sweeter wine because it leaves behind these unprocessed sugars that the fermentation process then doesn't get to because it's interrupted. Um, There are other fortified wines like uh, Madeira, which is oxidized Portuguese wine fortified with grape spirit. Marsala, which is fortified Italian wine that's made in the Marsala region. Um, Muscatal or Moscatal, which is like a sweet fortified Muscat wine produced mostly in Portugal, although in some other places as well. Um, and the Vindoc Naturales, which is a sweet fortified French wine that's also usually made from Muscat grapes. So fortified wine that's, you know, made with brandy kind of definitely became a thing. Um, and people like it because of its extra sweetness and kind of the bump up in alcohol content. Mm-hmm. Can we say we blame them? We really no. can't. Port can make a really nice dessert. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I mean, so oftentimes these drinks have been enjoyed after dinner as a digestif, you know, because it's a classy, classy sweet wine kind of mm-hmm. thing. And uh, early colonists in the U.S. made apple brandy, which is usually known as Applejack. Oh, yeah. I got a bottle of that here. (laughs) You're like, it's my next one. Yep. (laughs) Um, And Leland Stanford, which 
Stanford University is actually named for was at one point one of the world's largest brandy producers. So there's definitely quite a few brandies that are made and well loved in America, but there's also just like many, many faces of brandy, many different kinds of brandy, many different varieties, many different tastes. Some are aged, some are not aged. Unlike whiskey that's like got to be aged in a barrel for a certain amount of time. I mean, you can get aged brandy, but lots of people don't age their brandy too. And so there's a wide variety of tastes and kinds. Many different countries throughout the world have their own type. Most wine producing regions, so that includes like France, Spain, Portugal, Greece, the US, Peru, they all have their own types of brandies. Um, a lot of people, like I said, think of cognac first, but Armagnac is actually the oldest brandy in France. Um, and that was kind of before the cognac. And uh, I've never tried it, but I've been curious too. now that I've uh, read a little bit about it. And there's also a Greek brandy that's known as Metaxa, which is a brandy that's sweetened with caramel and flavored with anise or licorice. I hate anise and licorice, so I don't know if I would <laughs> like this brandy, but... Um, I've, I've had it before. It's If you do like licorice, it's really good. <laughs> So it sounds like I wouldn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, when the distillery where Metaxa is made was first being built, they found an ancient coin with a soldier's face, which is funny because I feel like in Greece, they've got to have like a ton of those. Like you got to just be like digging those up every time you <laughs> dig like All 20 feet underground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I feel Who's like this it's, person? Yeah, it's like, oh, this is from a battle, right? You know, like, I don't know. Maybe that's just like my fantasy of living in a country with an older history than the U.S. But I'm just like, <laughs> no, it's definitely like a Greek and Roman thing that like every leader got a new coin and like every event got a new coin. So, well, and that they wouldn't be that valuable necessarily. So you'd just be like, okay, cool, another coin, you know. But maybe that's just a lie. I don't know. Um, but now the face on the coin that they found is actually the company logo, the company symbol. That's nice. Yeah. So if you ever see that, that's that's where it comes from. Like the distillery where they made it. They were like, oh. They're like, this is going to be good luck for us. We're gonna, yeah, exactly. We're going to use this. Good intentions. Um, another kind of well-known type of brandy is grappa which is an unaged, really sharp tasting brandy that's often produced in California and Italy. And it's one of those types of brandy that's made from the grape kind of pumice uh, that's left over from wine. So both of those areas make a decent amount of wine and a lot of them use their leftover grape mash uh, to also make brandy. And um, since the brandy is an aged it's uh, pretty like easy to turn over almost as quickly as you're turning over wine. Like typically wine is more likely for these places to be aged than 
brandy so they can kind of like use that for something immediate and then give their make some money while they wait for their wine to ferment and better itself um apple brandy is popular not just in the u.s but in other places as well uh one of the other popular apple brandies is a, naturally a french apple brandy that's called calvados and it comes from normandy it's probably one of the best known fruit brandies worldwide and to be honest with you I knew that apples must exist in other places, but I didn't think like enough apples existed in France that they would bother to make an apple brandy. But yet again, I am proven wrong by plants. <laughs> They're just too cool for me. Uh, we've talked about Palenka. Barack Palenka is probably the best known apricot brandy that comes from Hungary and in the 1900s the early 1900s uh, Palenka was sometimes referred to as the coffee of the poor wake you which, up yeah it'll I mean <laughs> Palenka will wake you up it'll do mm -hmm. something I don't know maybe I'm just a big baby but you every just time I had it I was like different cool. from your alcohol <laughs> So, yeah. You're looking for, you know, kind of like with the grappa, it's, it's it's like a sharp taste, but they also have like dozens of flavors. Well, right, but they're most well known for the apricot one. And right. that's fair because apricots grow relatively well there. So it makes sense. Uh, there's also like Kirschwasser, which is a cherry brandy that's produced in Alsace, Germany and some other parts of Switzerland. So it's pretty good. Their cherries are actually mashed with their stones. And that's because it produces that like bitter almond taste in your brandy. Um, and the drink is really well known for that. So they just throw the whole thing in there. They literally just dump it in, mash it together. Sounds very German to me as a German. We keep the like, stone in. Yeah. <laughs> There's also Slivovitz, which I hope I'm not saying wrong. Um, but Eastern European languages are probably my worst type of language. Um, and it's a golden brown plum brandy, and it's produced in a lot of Balkan countries, um, although Serbia specifically has claimed it as their national drink. So if you go there, they're definitely going to have that for you. It sounds like by all accounts, it's pretty good. But I don't know. It's pretty good like potato vodka for the Russians. I don't know. I've heard people say that's pretty good, and I don't know about that. Well, vodka in itself is pretty tasteless. So that one's harder to judge. Ah, there's also the uh, pisco, which is made in both Peru and Chile, uh, which are both countries where wine is also made. And it's kind of believed that it possibly came about in response to another brandy that was originally being imported from Spain, and then they decided to make their own. 
they kind of fight about like who's is better and they don't like importing each other's brandies so like if you go to one place they'll you know not not be so happy if you mention the other places just in case you're traveling <laughs> you go to spain and you order a pisco sour <laughs> well if you go to peru and you order a pisco sour and and you expect it to taste the same as the chilean one and you're like this isn't a pisco sour i had one in chile they're gonna be like nope get out gotcha you mean between peru and chile not spain gotcha yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they don't like they don't like that each other make it. <laughs> They're like, this is our drink. Get out. Yeah, you share a region, your stuff's gonna taste similar. True, true, true. true. Alright, well, um, that's all I have for today. Uh, like I said, we're gonna get more into wine itself uh, in another episode. But... Brandy is a very versatile drink, and I highly suggest that you try it. I think it's good. Yeah, try it. Just pick a country. Explore their brandy. Maybe one that's special to you. I mean, I'm over-exaggerating a little bit about Palenka. It wasn't so, so horrible, especially after I've had, like, a couple beers. It's fine. (laughs) It is good with beer. I agree. (laughs) I, I didn't buy it to bring home, though. I did. <laughs> I instead bought four jars of Nutella. That just tells you the kind of person I am. <laughs> yeah, I got Paliga and Paprika. I'm a classic. <laughs> They're like, do you have anything to claim? I'm like, four jars of Nutella. They're like, get out of here. Get I'll admit I also bought a jar of Nutella because it was so much cheaper. <laughs> and better. It was so much better. It was nice. A lot of these alcohols, I will say, especially the brandies, I think are better in their home country. They just are. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. So um, they're going to have, you know, the highest quality. Yeah. So, if you're traveling, it's worth it to, like, try to try the local brandy. You know, and Google it first so you know the name and you don't look like an idiot when you ask for it. <laughs> At least when we went to Hungary, it was consistently recommended to us. They were like, oh, like, have you tried it yet? Have you tried it yet? And we're like, yes, oh my god. First of me, I was like, no, I've, I've still never had it. I've been here for a week and I've still never had it. Oh gosh, I'm going to need a lot. That's because you're nicer than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't mean to anyone. And it was so cheap. How could you be mad? But yeah, let's go over to the bar and uh, we'll take a we'll have a little chat about some of the different types of brandy today. To the bar. To the bar. Hello, friends. Welcome to the bar. Here to give you a couple of bartender tips on understanding the age labels of brandy. So traditionally, brandy is labeled by its age, which you can usually find near the brand label, and it's usually some kind of acronym. I'm sure plenty of people have looked at those and wondered if they meant something that can help influence which one you chose, and I'm here to give you a quick rundown on what they are. Starting with the youngest, you'll see AC, which honestly, I looked at 10 different websites and nobody seems to know what it stands for, but what it represents 
is that it is aged two years in wood barrels. The next one, getting into the more common, is VS, which means very special. Uh, it, it's also referred to as three star, uh, which means that it's aged for at least three years in wood as well. The next one is VSOP, which is very superior old pale, which is my favorite label because that's a fun phrase. <laughs> And it's also known as five star, which is helpful because that means it's aged at least five years in wood, but I will say that most of them are longer. The next one is XO, you know, hugs and kisses. It stands for extra old, very simple. <laughs> this one's at least six years, but on average it seems to be aged more like 20 years, which is quite a level of commitment. <laughs> right, that's a pretty one, big difference, five to 20. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> the next one, uh, you'll see something that says vintage, which just means that it's stored in a cask until the time it's bottled, and there'll be a date on it that lets you know when that was. And the next one is ordage, which means of the ages, which just means it's too old to determine the age. I wonder what so, that tastes like. It probably cost a bajillion dollars. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna Google I it. Imagine. Hold on. <laughs> Same thing with the vintage, you know, there are vintage ones that do know the age and they're super old. I imagine there's ones out there that are probably at least 75 years old that maybe you can get your hands on if you're looking to celebrate. Okay, just like a simple um, $4,505. What Does it have like a, an estimate age? Yeah, it's just me scanning the bar, like, well, I have this $4,000 bottle. <laughs> Which, if I open, you have to keep it. says minimum. <laughs> the minimum age for this particular bottling is 40 years. Maximum age is 100. Okay, okay. So, my 75 was a bit off. 40. <laughs> well, that's the end of my glass. <laughs> What are we going to talk about on our next episode? Tequila. <laughs> tequila! It's time. It's time to talk about tequila, everybody. Well, thank you all for joining us on our latest episode of Plant Stories. This was Brandy. Every place has got one. <laughs> we look forward to you joining us next week and checking out some of our past episodes. We've got so many seasons of content. We do. <laughs> Keep listening. I feel like we get more and more listeners every week, and we're so happy to have you, so come listen to us chat about stuff that revolves around plants. I mean, it's just pretty crazy how involved in our lives plants are and how little we think about it. I mean, all the different brandies made of all different kinds of plants. Who knew? Or how much also, do you really think about it? Also, a quick shout out to my mom. <laughs> she told me that she's been listening to our podcast and going on walks, and she's appreciated our long episodes as motivation. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we could be here. <laughs> All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.